My name is Jack Oatway. And I'm Jay Oatway, and this is the Like Dragon Like Son podcast. That is right, a D&D podcast, father and son, two generations talking the world's greatest and perhaps most unbreakable role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. This week, um, you know, I, I was having this little thought, you know, I hear people talking about, oh, you know this is broken in fifth edition or this is broken or if players do this that makes it like so broken Hmm. and and you kind of get this a lot and people are like and also the one that really drives me nuts people are like oh maybe they can fix it in sixth edition and i saw this really annoying tweet that's got me angry as well it's like oh yeah especially after what jeremy crawford's done to fifth edition i'm like what's wrong with you people there is nothing broken in fifth edition in fact my hot take today is Fifth edition is unbreakable. Sure. I mean, as much as I might agree or disagree with you in some aspect of this, once we get into like what it means, I think that I try and understand, you know, what what really has got people upset. Yeah. And I, I understand that there's usually, there's almost always other issues behind what people are saying, right? Often what they're saying is, oh, I really wish D&D rules as written would let me do X. And... And then, of course, you know, the counter to that is, well, you're welcome to do it, like whatever you want. Oh, but I don't want to have to homebrew it. I don't want to have to bring it into my game as my own set of table rules. I'm like, why not? That's the grand old tradition of D&D. That's been here since the very, very beginning. Um, the only reason the rules got codified the way they did in the beginning is because the codified rules that became first edition were the rules that people like Gary Gygax and, you know, Dave Arneson were, you know, playing with at their tables. Um, and yeah, along the way, loads of other people have come up with their own little system of rules, their own little sets of this or that. In fact, every spin-off RPG out there today is basically just taken what they learned from playing D and D and made something else. Yeah. Uh, and try to improve. They thought, oh, if I do it this way, it might be easier. And yeah, maybe the rules guide you in one way or the other. Maybe they make it easier for you to play a particular style or type of game that D&D straight out of the box maybe doesn't. But that doesn't make D&D broken. Sure. I think it's important to think about what does broken mean. You know, I think... Yeah, I don't even get that. Wait, when what, what I would ever mean? say, like, oh, this is kind of broken. It's a bit too OP or you know, overpowered or not powerful enough. I think it's kind of broken because it's not fun to play, you know? Yeah, I think that's the only, the only thing that you can do. You can break the game. But breaking the game isn't about cheating or breaking the rules or having something slightly like that... Like, breaking the game is when you ruin the fun at the table. I mean, that doesn't even, like... And that can no come rule book's going to do that more to than, Well, I guess, depends. I mean, some rules are so unfun that things aren't fun to play at all, you know? And that no matter what you do with a certain thing, it, like, especially the way that the table perhaps works, you feel like you're maybe a bit of dead weight. I, I mean, I, I get that feeling sometimes. Or that, you know, you're not making... Like, other people can't have fun because you're too powerful. But I, I then sort of, sort of think... 
is that really a like maybe that's more of a discussion exactly that's not an insurmountable problem no i mean can we talk about making other people feel more powerful can we talk about scaling their power a little bit down talking with that player you know like it's not permanently broken you know you just talk about that player about either making them you know a little bit more equal with other people in the party lifting other people up or learning to accept that they have strength in in certain mechanical areas i mean i've seen like oh well no that attack would be too broken you know but then could you put other obstacles in their way? You know, I, I think we, sure. we saw a post where hit points are not the only, you know, thing. You know, not min-max min characters aren't perfect, you know. There's, depending on the game you run, it can be a very small aspect sure. of, of everything. Uh, if you're running a longer campaign, uh, any DM who's who's done this for a while, you'll know that there's plenty of ways you can hurt a player uh, that have nothing to do with their HP and has everything to do with social interactions. Um, there's a lot of other things that that you have levers to pull as a DM around the table besides simply, you know, the mechanics mm. of, of things. Yeah, look, if somebody... Like, nobody in the game is going to accidentally end up with a plus six shield that's in the game because you gave it to them at some point mm. um and yeah or that, a module right that that item sounds broken to me that idea be like okay that's gonna really throw their armor class way to whack but, but then as a dm well, exactly and then as a dm if you're like oopsie i've i've severely miscalculated here well then be creative how you un like how you you restore the fun in the game or maybe you now make that a part of your game. You know, now that is very much so a coveted item. People will stop them and be like, "You have that amazing. How did you even find that thing?" People yeah, will maybe be they suddenly have a, a cult them. of people following behind them, worshiping them, or who are really annoying. Or maybe there's a curse on the damn thing. Well, that's the easiest sort of. Um, like, oh, by the way, there's a curse, which well, can feel maybe a you didn't bit feel at the beginning, but you know, maybe over time it's starting oh. to wear on you. Or you just um, ramp up. You know, it's you a make a shield. You shouldn't. You shouldn't like if you get or, something that good. You should expect that there's some sort of hidden clause. Or you make it necessary, well not necessary per se, but you make it feel like it's it's a big part of your game. You make it feel like it is a powerful object, you know. You make scenarios where it's used, you know, and it's not just a an everything counter like here, you know, but you make it feel like um, you like there are these terrifying blasts and that, thank goodness we had that shield that saved us from utter destruction. Sometimes very powerful weapons in the hands of smaller players can be a very exciting thing. You know, new players. I mean, getting hands on crazy items can be fun. I mean, if the problem is if one person sticks on, like, holds on to it the whole time, no one else benefits from it, and it then sort of creates a a, a, like a difference in balance between the party members. I feel like it, it's those tools to be done right, no matter how powerful something is, if it brings the party together and there's fun moments from, like, someone having it or, you know, people using it to protect other people or attack things or use it in creative ways. Clever way to make a sled to their slides down the hill on. Yeah. Like, yes, we're using the the ultimate legendary plastic shield as a toboggan. Yeah, or maybe... I mean, it's, yeah, I don't sure. know, but this is what I'm saying about D&D. Like, any situation that's going to come up in this game, it's about... We're, we're trying to do this collaborative storytelling thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we're trying to have some fun. As a DM... You're setting up plot lines, conflicts, uh, and creating a, a setting uh, full of other NPCs and stuff for characters to interact with. Um, but you can't control what the players are going to do in that situation. 
um, nor should you try. Uh, in some cases, you should set up challenges that seem nearly impossible for them to do. And then know in the back of your mind that, oh yeah, I gave them that plastic shield. Let them figure out how to use it, you know, sure. or whatever. Um, I, I think when know. it becomes like a spam cheat code that like suddenly makes every encounter feel like a cakewalk, then you could get to the argument that, oh, I've broken the game. I'm, we aren't having fun in combat because this item is making everything too easy. Yeah. You know, it's making, it's taking the challenge and the fun in that, and that reward of doing things creatively, you know, or, or doing things with limited supplies, you know, being able to just say, nope, doesn't hit, doesn't hit, doesn't hit, plus six, plus six, plus six. You know, you either increase difficulty, make situations where, hey, this doesn't, you know, a plus six shield doesn't help with talking to someone unless you're using, maybe it does, you know, but suddenly... Like, but this is just it. Like, or how many changing the way it functions? Exactly. Or, like how many functions does it have? Does it, uh, you know, does it negate uh, energy attacks against you? Area of effect attacks, uh, charms. Uh, there's other ways to get in your head to like possess a character that has a shield like that. Yeah, and, and then, suddenly that shield is like, uh oh, get them, get it away from them. You know. Uh, so I don't know. Like, uh, you know, this is this isn't the only way you can break D and D. Like. And, and the only way you unbreak it. Like this, I'm saying that there's no real way, like there's a way you can upset the balance, but that may then that just become just a, be restored. a really creative storytelling point. Yeah. Well, the, the upset and balance can lead to very interesting story beats. Yeah. Or if it's not leading to interesting story beats, then you reset the balance a little bit. The shield falls out of their hands. Maybe you, they sell it for gold. Maybe they, yeah. maybe it's melted by a rust monster and loses oh, its magic. Yeah. That one hurts. Um, maybe yeah. it does have a curse on it. Whatever, like, there's new avenues to tell your story through. And I think this is the idea as well. Like, when you we talk about balance. balance and unbalance, I think storytelling in general mm. is about unbalance that, that the, the player characters are trying to, like, often restore. Mm. Um, that sort of idea of things like, you know, suddenly you get this big boon and you're like, yeah, we're on top. Almost always that feeling is then... <laughs> followed by uh oh my god now we're falling and we're falling and we're falling mm. um so so yeah I, as a player i'm i'm actually especially if i'm playing some good dms i'm like oh okay great now we're getting the really good there he's, he's handing out nice things for us i'm like okay what comes next is going sure. to be really painful um and yeah so i think i think again it's this isn't about any one like piece of homebrew or one piece of equipment, a magic item or anything like this, or, or some particular new subclass or feature that they have being, you know, two, two. Mm. I mean, yeah, sure. It may be in certain moments in certain circumstances. Yeah. It might be frustrating as a DM to watch a player just cream, like totally or destroy twiddle your... their thumbs and have no idea what to do. Yeah, well, there's that too. Like, so, so I, th I mean, I mean, for me, I feel like my last couple of weeks, my encounters have been, uh, they've been underpowered against my players. I, I was trying to kind of overwhelm them with like mobs, uh, like lots of monsters, and sort of wave after wave, but. Uh, they were actually having no problem just <laughs> melting through just crushing it and i'm like hmm okay <laughs> i hope they were having fun still um i think they were uh they'll still be back next week i'm sure um 
I'm sure somebody would say something if it was really bad. Uh, and the thing is, actually, from a player's perspective, I've had, I've been in games where we've just dominated fights, and I've never once felt like after dominating a fight that that was a bad fight. No, in sometimes fact, you feel I kind like, of like great. Those. those are like some of my favorite. I'm like, okay, look at us. We're look, like, we're actually heroes. We're actually heroes yeah. now. <laughs> and you can take exactly. There, there can be moments where, as a DM, you feel that that was an unsatisfying fight for me. But for your players who have struggled against every fight, maybe you know levels one yeah, through yeah. five. Well, exactly. Now suddenly they can feel like they can actually take on monsters. That's a th- cool feeling. I have to think back to you know a few sessions earlier where there was a point in a fight where. Two of them were down. Two out of the four were down, making death saves. Um, yeah, moments like that where you're like, Eek. <laughs> so not every fight can be. Oh my um, god, I'm so stressed. Oh god, yeah, am I gonna die? Exactly. Like, it's nice that can to be fun sometimes. It's nice to have fights where it's like, yeah, we're down after wave after wave. We're only down like ten percent on our hit points. Yeah, we're yeah. okay. We're good. We're holding up. Yeah, sometimes I feel that way too. I mean, I've recently started another campaign up with me being the dm it's been a little while since i've dm'd and i wanted to really like feel like players to feel these terrifying huge monstrosities you know colossal you got a creatures Cthulhu type vibe going right no 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 that was a uh, another oh one. that's oh, this is the one where they're everything's like there's yeah, these colossals these giant, giant kaijus sort creep. of yeah almost kaiju-esque are they know, like big what, huge huge like uh, i've monster. chosen huge uh, i think gargantuan is a little too big sometimes all right so these are all like huge things they've got to fight yeah they're it's a series of all huge somewhere like baby ones maybe medium or large and the really big ones are but usually it'll be like one thing and i'll really need to like give it well, legendary maybe as you actions get, maybe as you get to the end actions. of the campaign they do come against gargantuan who knows? Yeah, maybe they come up against bigger things, but I want those you guys bigger are, events. And, and you guys are playing to feel a, like uncontrollable world things that sure. are happening. And because you guys are playing at a, at a table with physical maps, right? Yes, like, we are. Luckily so, enough, so thankfully. there's a limit to how big of like it's true. Even your bad guys being three by three squares on they a map are really big. You go to four by four for the gargantuan, and they are ridiculous yeah I, honestly going any bigger than that suddenly things feel a little tight with the way i can move around there's not a whole lot i feel i can do like your map seems to get smaller and smaller and smaller yeah um and again like so again what would be if i said to you okay well i'm gonna make a monster then that's five by five does that break D? Hmm. that's i mean it's a question you know there's then adaptation you know, where that sort of idea, well, there's unbalance now, we restore it somehow. We I, learn to get back to the neutral or back to the other side well, of the my pendulum. Point, my point being, it would be a terrifying thing to throw at people because they'd be like, I've never seen anything that big. Um, but, you know, it'd be memorable, it'd be fun. Uh, but broken? Eh. Mm. I mean, if I've if I've created a Tarrasque level thing and thrown it at players who are, at, you know, third level, then yeah, I've... I've broken that session. Yeah. I, 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 as a DM, have, have not Considered, made collaborative yeah. storytelling part of my focus for okay. this. Well, is that I've, then maybe a definition of breaking the game? Breaking that collaborative storytelling? Well, I think there's a breaking of trust, right? Sure. There's oh, a, okay, that's an interesting definition. Then. You know, like there's a, I think all of the balance and things we're trying to do for is the idea that we're sort of trusting that the parameters around everybody are such that it's not going to completely out of the blue just like take this nice little story session we've been going and just completely like end it. Yeah. Uh in a in a way that has hurt feelings at the table. 
Mm. Like I think that's that, the worst. I mean, hurt feelings at the table is mind. broken D and I mean, that for mm. me is what breaks D and D. That rarely comes from rules, and more comes from attitudes and not being able to respond to unbalance. I feel. Yeah, or yeah, communication sense of not hearing of being what makes people uncomfortable, treated unfairly, mm. or treated with disrespect, or yeah. or having your trust broken. Yeah, I mean, it's to me that like the w- real breaking is we okay, say we go from okay that one player is too powerful as a dm if i'm unable to restore balance somehow to the storytelling and make everyone feel comfortable or return that to a sense of normality and that just continues to be a pressure point and that unbalance continues to exist and i can't find a way to restore it and that the player who's playing that unbalance is being a jerk about it somehow it's true i'm making other people feel bad i think you could have a really uh a really generous player an experienced player take their additional strengths and make them the strengths of the whole party mm. and make everybody feel, Oh my God, I can't, I love that this guy's here or this, this, yeah, uh, I don't feel inferior. This, I this feel great that I have him on my side, on yeah. our side. And, and for whatever reason, I don't know why story wise you'd have that there, but you'd, you'd come mm. up for a re there, there should be. And I think maybe that's it as well. Like in this, does the story that you guys have been working on, does it make sense that this thing has happened? Mm. Right. I think that that's part of that trust as well, that we, everything that's in this story makes as much sense as it can. Um, and I know D and D gets a little like wonky in places, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of story in my games and that there's, I mean, I work really hard to set up like little story cues that may not pay off for months and months mm. um weaving stuff in and then getting them like referenced again and, and hoping again that it lands again. yeah the thing and with then, that yeah. especially is sometimes you miss a week it's like a month since this thing was mentioned do people even remember i'm often surprised how much they do remember yeah but again does that like is there any way to really break the game if someone forgets yeah then they don't take if they, they don't take again. notes they don't take whatever as a then dm you surprise, you, know, like, you surprise them with it and they're like oh i should have been keeping notes you know and, and somebody else at the table around. goes yeah don't you remember back in the tavern at the dented shield that such and such a character and the other player's like okay i need <laughs> maybe i need to take more notes i don't know you learn or as a player you get oh, more oh yeah. yeah that guy oh i forgot about him and even that oh that revelation i, I don't even think that's broken D. That i think that's the best D. when you get that sort of sound at the table when you get people going oh wow i mean those noises are mm-hmm. are what we all come for to D D for we come because there's there's surprise and even as a dm you have to ex- you you should expect surprise my favoriteest thing is when players come up with a really weird crazy solution to something that i could never have dreamt them coming up with mm. um or didn't expect at all and they're like okay this is what i want to do and i'd be, be like okay wow that's that's really cool and impressive I and in that he, case i let i mean mm. like i i don't think a dm should be fighting against that in moments like that of pro, a player brilliance just just clap just applaud and say yes give it a go do it let's try it out let's, let's see how this. the dice turn out well and this is the other thing dice in this game are annoying sometimes well i think they're great there's no i i can be wrong i'm though i do know you mean i'm all for rolling frustration um but yeah, look, there's some things, and we've t- I've talked about this before as well. If it's your player's jam, if they're really good at something, like 
sometimes you don't need to make people roll for everything. You can. It's true, but there's sometimes a joy in failing too. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and and this is actually, I think, though, the the problem with some people as well when they when they're trying to build characters that, especially if you get into min maxing and trying to minimize your amount of failure that you have. Um, in some ways that if there is a way that that breaks the game is only in that it limits, it limits how much you experience failure and the interesting opportunities for story that come from failure, but leaning into it. And, but a lot of us, I think, you know, people show up at the table with their own life traumas their own sort of baggage and, and things. And sometimes showing up at a table at a time when you're feeling kind of down and then just experiencing more failures really sucks. And like, sometimes you just need a win. And, and I'm not saying that every DM out there needs to be some sort of professional psychiatrist and all of this, but you know, you don't have to be super, super mean. Like there's times you gotta sort of be able to read read the table, read people's feelings, read how people are reacting yeah. to things. And sometimes, yeah, let them, let them have an easy win. You know, uh, some locks are just easy locks to pick and your rope with expertise and thieves tools, just let them have it. Like what's the, nope. What's the point of failing well, on this? Well, again, I get scenario to scenario. What if it's a, a super master lock and they, they don't, they get, they don't quite get the DC. Then the, that's a different story. And, no, no, and no, the pressure's even, on and the, no, the overs are coming. It, it, it isn't even a different story. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, if you think it's really going to ruin their day, then like, why, why make it like, why make it so important? Yeah. You know, and some people might just say, well, now you've just broken D and D cause you're not rolling the dice for all the rules. And I'm like, this is just it, man. Like you can't break this game. What you can break is your friends. You, what you can do is you can break trust. You break can break, yeah. break, uh, you know, the you people know, at the table, the relationship, like, or like not even that. I mean, just even the, like people not wanting to play anymore. I mean, that's yeah. the worst. That's the game being broken, but that's not a result of any class or thing. That's just a result that's of not, not being able to badly written mechanics. That's it's, not. it's a result of not being able to communicate or try and solve things together, you know, and, and maintain, restore that balance, that fun, you know, learning to live with unbalance and then, you know, move back and forth and, and learning, you know, not to be so frustrated or angry or just like chill out, you know, have fun. Yeah. Are we here to like maximize damage? Are we here to, you know, really nitpick? You know, are are they a little too powerful? Are they not powerful enough? Is this item too like is it fun? That's the question. Is I, it fun? I yeah, probably. I, I actually heard this really interesting tip that I think is a is a great tip. Um for those of you out there who play like playing in character, like doing voices, like kind of getting into your character's thing, if you um if you want to be like critical of a, you never be critical of another player, but in character, your character can have words with another character. So you, if you think in that fight that they weren't doing, pulling their weight or that they have too much this or too much that your character in character could have a conversation with that character about how they feel about things going on. Mm. And that suddenly becomes this really fun social interaction yeah. between two characters. 
and there might rather be some than conflict than and some tension between two people. Yeah, rather than two players at the table arguing about mechanics and breaking the immersion, mm. do it in character, and sort of try to find a way to put your frustrations as a player through the into the PC. Right? How the heck does you know my my player character deal with their player character? then is breaking the game breaking the immersion you know i mean is that is if you're taken out of the experience and we need to be like okay guys let's take a five minute breather i mean i i then even then i feel the game isn't necessarily broken i feel being able to say okay let's take a five minute breather let's come back in a moment you know sometimes that can just be because you're a dm you're maybe a little overwhelmed maybe you're not quite sure what's going on um or maybe you just need a moment, like take a time, you know, to, you know, not think about it a little bit, talk it out, you know, not be so caught up in like hating someone else's player sure. or decision and learning to just roll with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just so like a, a little moment of like low blood sugar and people getting a bit tired. Uh, sure. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, how long's your session been going on? How late at night are you playing at? There's things like that um, that honestly could break the game more than and a plus six shield does. This is why Ranger is broke. Like, no, Ranger isn't broken. <laughs> you, I, you can play a, a Ranger and have a great time at the table. Look, I think Ranger's increasingly becoming one of my favorite classes. Sure. I, and I think, well, especially if you can suddenly do some really interesting, um, you know, variant uh, back, like variant races. What's what, 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 custom, custom lineage? lineage. Yeah. Uh, or variant human. You know, this idea of like, you know, being able to, and I'm not saying min-max again, like you don't need to do that. But these things, I think personally as a player, if I feel like I have a character that's got a unique kind of build idea that I can lean into, it makes it a more interesting playing experience. Or if me. I feel like I just like being that character, if I like being in the world of that character and acting as that character and living their lives, yeah. you know, even beyond just whatever, you know, their strength score is or their hit points are at or yeah. the magic items or the spells they have or the, you know, not feeling that I have enough spell slots or enough attacks that I make or not outputting, you know, 32 damage. I'm only doing 26, you know, like, I, know, I agree. I mean, I love, I love playing a furball because eight feet tall just because I just the idea of being that big is just wonderful. I, I just love every minute when I do his deep voice and everything, I, I, when I'm sitting there, I feel like I'm this like really big guy. Yeah. And I enjoy that. That's like, for me, uh, everything about that character is, just, you know, and, and the fact that he's super stealthy despite being that size, it's one of my favorite things to play. Like, and it has nothing to do with his, you know, what his bonuses to hit are or any of his other features. That's, uh, you know, I agree with you like that. There's usually a, a aspect of your character that you think is cool and fun. And I'm sort of saying lean into that, play that. Um, I think some people are that, looking for more of a combat experience, though. I think sure. D&D is built for combat. And I think that can also then change your definition of what broken is. I think some people, the fun really is ruined if they're, they don't feel like they're doing enough in combat or that they don't have a build they're happy with, yeah. or that their character doesn't motivate them anymore. Well, some players, some because players, not, some do, players they don't have the right do, hit bonus I don't know. My tip to you out there, folks, don't, don't measure your character's success based on the damage output they or have. Or little numbers round. that come up, you know, like that's uncontrollable. You know, yeah, well, this is sort of saying the dice you know, are annoying. Like they, they may or may not help you um so there's a randomness of storytelling and if you your turn comes around and you roll and everything misses 
and you're like, okay, it's all right. Next turn and go around happens again. Next turn happens again. The next turn after that and happens the turn after that. Don't let it get you down. Just learn to make it a funny little moment. Yeah. Lean, lean into it. Um, maybe tie it into something else that's happened to your character in the story. Maybe it's part of just your character changing. Maybe this, uh, this is like a pivotal moment for, maybe there's a reason your character is missing now. Maybe you can make it a part of their story suddenly. Maybe you can be like, I don't know why, but this pit fiend is really freaking me out. Maybe they get really superstitious about something after that. Yeah. Like there was something that they changed and it went all bad. And they, and just, I mean, I know people who play sports, people are like golfers and things like this. They start missing putts. Then they suddenly have to change their putter or they change the strokes. I mean, there's like, Oh, this bow, we need to get a new yeah, one. Yeah, I need to get a new bow. I, I, and like you bolts, break it maybe even. Things. And at that point, you never use that bow again. You have to go find a new one um, or borrow somebody else's. You know what I mean? Like just the way people put dice in dice jails. Maybe your character in character suddenly puts their their bow in bow jail. Um, mm. I don't know. Just I think this is the... Or maybe they've somehow sprained their arm or you do some funny like... Yeah. There's something distracting them or, you know, try and make it feel like a funny moment rather than a bitter... Yeah, don't get like upset. Like roleplay moment rather than a bitter at the table moment, you know? Um, I mean, worst case scenario is that because none of the players at the table were hitting the creature and I have had, Everyone is killed. I or swear to God, I have done this. I have sat at in a fight where six of us at the table have all consecutively missed for three rounds in a row which is insane. I don't even know what the odds are on something like that, but it is crazy, scary, frustrating, especially when the baddie then in that period of time, who's taken no damage has put out enough damage to kill one of your players, or at least they're unconscious at this point. And you're like, at that point, you're starting to freak out a little bit because you're like, okay, if we don't start to, the momentum doesn't start to shift here. Like we're all going to be in deep doo-doo soon. Um, but that's also cool, like the fact that I have that story to tell even in it sits in my mind as like that was like a really tense night. Like we were all like every time and somebody else missed the groans at the table, it was starting to get like we were all like feeling that fight. That was one of like the hardest ones we get through, but not because the batting was particularly hard, just the dice hated us that night. Mm. Um, and that's just storytelling that just happens and it's part of the game and it's beyond everybody's control. Yeah. But it doesn't break, it doesn't break the game. Lean into it and have fun. It doesn't break the game. The DM can finally feel like they're shining a little bit, you know, (laughs) or that their encounter is actually, you know, the DM has to be the best loser at the table. Sure. Yeah. It truly, there's one person who's really, really responsible for losing gracefully Mm. is the DM. And if there's, yeah, I mean, I'm just gracefully spectacularly sometimes all like nightmare D and D scenarios. I mean, there's a whole separate, like D and D horror stories come from, not understanding boundaries or not being able to take losing or failing well, yeah. you know, and just f- like freaking out because at the table, like you, you can't get over it. You know, you can't just be like, okay, why am I upset? Let me think about this. How do I go forward with like in character or in a way that doesn't hurt anyone else at the table? Yeah, yeah. You know, often when I get most emotionally moving. involved is because my character is emotionally involved. Yeah. Usually I, I get, I can get quite into, okay, what is my motivation right now? Mm. And that's often at times where I've, DM's like, okay, calm down, calm down. Mm. Is because my, my character is like, like, we can't, we can't let him get away. Mm. We have to chase them. We have, and like, just like, I'm listing every possible thing I can do. And they're just like, okay, go, chill, chill. What I've, <laughs> chill. Yeah. What I've seen. We're going to move mm. the scene on. And you're like, okay, oh, deep breath. <sighs> 
but it's it's not me as a player who's really hung up on it. I mean, it's that it's that player character combination I find. Yeah. And I and I think there's a problem with that too. Like when people get when they lose that that bit and they suddenly are just being the player and the player is upset, then then that's an issue, right? Yeah. So. I mean, our familiar is upset right now, obviously. As We've well. got the cats up on the desk. But I think the worst thing I, I've sometimes seen at the table, and this is not a fault of a person, again, that scenario, the dice just aren't in your favor. It's been three rounds, you haven't hit anything, you're feeling a little frustrated. And what I'll see them do is instead of like trying to role play into it or like get past it or try to get motivated again or try a new strategy, they'll just whip out their phone and start like disconnecting from the game and just like being like, oh, is it my turn? I don't know. I'll move over there. I guess I'll shoot again. You know, and even yeah. if they hit, their morale is lost because they've disconnected from the game. They're no longer playing with everyone else. They're, they've just been so frustrated to a point where they just give up playing. You know, and that's when I feel, oh, I, the game has really been broken for them. Yeah. And it, uh, there's nothing you can do about dice. You, there is something you can do about your attitude, though, you know, towards what occurs, you know, how you handle it, you know. Yeah. And that's a tough thing. Yeah. That's, that's a tough thing. You can't say to someone, you can't be like get off your phone like they've already made that decision in their own mind it's true you know? and, and, I'm, and i'm kind of hoping that you know part of why we're making this podcast is maybe that we reach just one person out there somewhere um that goes okay that was me and next time that happens to me i'm going to try and lean into the failures i'm going to try and be a better player at the table by not yeah. just getting bummed out and disconnecting and i know that feeling i know i've like characters that I've loved who are suddenly trapped in a gelatinous cube and I think oh that's it it's the end it's over for them and for the next few rounds as they're slowly dissolving I'm just like becoming like more and more like just bummed out and sad um only then to find that a couple of my friends have found a uh a, rope, solution. a, a solution yeah. to to cheese cut me out of the middle of the gelatinous cube just moments before I'm completely dead which is you know, Sometimes again, like D and D, D don't give up, man. Don't, don't give, give up. up. And if you are gonna die, just die valiantly. And every time we do that, it's I never get upset at that player. I I want to make their experience better, and I yeah. feel everyone else at the table can also feel that their vibe has suddenly gone off, and either the, they want to just continue, you know, and not let their vibe be put off, or try and get them back into it. But I think it's you know, I I just want to see them be able to i mean even myself in many instances just be able to be like okay you know what let's just have a laugh you know yeah. we're not here for me to feel bad and okay and some people are like okay with their character dying because they want to roll up another one if you're not okay mm. with that i've got a suggestion for you as well in character talk to the other characters make them promise that if you die that they go and get you paved to have somebody cast raise dead and get you back into the game or re resurrection or whatever they have to do to get you back. Yeah, or even if you're dying, I'm not ready to go, bring me back, you know? And then the party is then not like, oh, I guess we'll move on without them. It's like, we are on this mission nope. to bring them they, back. I made a promise to them early on that if they went, Or even they died, in their dying I... moments, like my your dying wish is you're going. Because some yeah. many times DMs are like, what are your final words? You know, yeah. bring you, me back. Yeah, if you get a chance My like fight that. is not over. Exactly. You know? Um, or maybe your little ghost can haunt somebody like that for yeah. the hours to come. Or there can but. be some story beat where, you know, for a little while you play as a different character yeah. or as, you know, some sort of you pick up as an other stat block, you know, yeah, temporarily. A, a fill-in character right? uh, for a little while while the party's on their quest to 
raise mm. the the character that died and gets you back into the game. Yeah, um, and that can then be another fun story beat. That suddenly it's that's a memorable well, part of your character's yeah, yeah, adventure I, is that they died and they were brought back exactly. to life. You know, I mean these spells like revivify and raise dead and Resurve- resurrection exist in the game for a reason, so you can bring. characters back back. and i think a lot of people also think well like being able to die and just bring people back is also breaking the game but then i think you know what is more breaking the game that player being really bummed out that their character died and they can't do anything about it or then being able to be revived and be thankful that their character has another chance you know and that being a memorable moment of them but how much it might might even change their character a little bit exactly you know then how much going forward can you role play with that you know rather than like the DM being like, well, I, I, I wish death was more permanent. I feel like it's it, there's no weight to death and characters just throw around and then try and role play the realness to it. You know, try and make mm-hmm. that moment of them being revived feel powerful. Yeah. Talk to the player outside of the session of how has their death impacted them? Sure. You know, and suddenly death feels real again. Yeah. You know, not because, oh, well, why? That doesn't make any sense. Why aren't people just brought back? You know, maybe make another cost to it. You know, make, it's your revivifies there. Maybe there's something story-wise that now haunts them you know maybe there's a mechanic where they're like there's some dead past self you know is this really them or is this a new life you know that sort of been and there's strain i mean there's many directions you could go with it but then yeah, depending what kind of setting you're playing in what's it. going on yeah but i would rather have like i like have my player be excited and describe the moment of them being brought back to life and maybe like death is slightly invalidated rather than them dying and then kind of feeling bummed out about it or like they, I don't know, I, I'm not sure if I want to play anymore or I don't know, it wasn't really fun, my character died. You know, like to me, I'd rather see a character have a memorable moment and have fun yeah. than when immersive realism. I, I was always, I was surprised uh, last year when I discovered the Adventure League uh, usually have uh, built into all of their games a way that you can pay to have uh, Raves Dead done and I was always thinking wow that's like that's like cooked into like a particular part of D&D um, it's not a bad idea to sort of remember in any campaign that we're, we're putting together that you should allow players the agency to try to bring somebody back especially if we're in a high magic world I mean heck uh you know, is it such a crazy idea if we can throw fireballs around that we can raise the dead? Or if you don't have the raise dead spell, make it a quest to find someone who well, does. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it should be yeah. available in the world somewhere. Um, and you only have so many days to do it anyways. You'd have sure, to hightail yeah. it. Or then you're like, you're heading up to Resurrection, which then has got much longer time frame on it, but a lot bigger costs. So. Yeah. Um, and that can deal with players' backstories. Maybe a party learns more about who this character is while trying to bring them back to life. You know, yeah. there are so many opportunities that come from what could be bummer moments if you just if you choose not to try and restore that balance and that fun a little bit. I feel which is the ultimate thing, and I think that kind of does bring the point that breaking D and D is a mindset almost. You know, like you can let it break, or talking to your players and trying to find out a way, you know, whether that's in character, out of character, whatever you need to do to try and get that ball back on the track. And then I don't think D&D can break yeah. in that way. I don't. I think that it always comes back again just to, you know, smart people at the table, learning to be good to each other, learning how to adapt 
uh, to an ever-changing fantasy, make-believe, making-it-up-as-we-go situation. I'm um, just kind of com- coming up with with fun solutions yeah. to uh, to situations that nobody could have really ever imagined we find ourselves in. Uh, yeah, learning to revel in their success and, and to laugh in their failure sometimes too, you know, and be there to have fun and not be too like expectant on like oh my player my my character should be always be looking awesome and I want them to be doing the most and I'm like well who cares if you did 27 damage you know or who cares if you like did two damage on your arrow that was like your big critical hit you know and you only did seven you know maybe that's kind of funny you know maybe you you sort of laugh at that a little bit rather than being like oh I suck you know like all it that, comes with time. It comes with practice. All that, and it comes all that's ever going to mean is like it's like maybe one more round to kill the thing. Sure. But and mo- like, what does it really whatever. mean? You know, what does it really matter yeah. at the end of the day? I mean, also there was a recent scenario where there was an event. You know, in in the like the ethics of one player's character would have totally you know not matched with the actions of another to cause them to be super upset. And originally, uh, that player like you know person came up to me and was like i i i, I want to stop giving them my benefits for my subclass you know i, I stop want to give them i don't want to give them this anymore i why they don't get any of the aura stuff that i get you know um and i'm like okay well how about instead of making that feel like a personal attack on blank person's decision uh make it more of a discussion a role play decision between the two of you on how you can move forward and make that a fun role play moment together you know he can then be involved in that role play instead of feeling excluded by it, right? Right. In a way. You know, and what I could have felt would have broken the game and broken trust somehow instead was turned into a super positive role play moment that made the game feel even more real, made these like characters' connections feel more real. Yeah. I think almost the, the solution to almost anything uh, when it comes to player to player conflict is to make it character to character make mm. the make them sort it out in character and even if between sessions make them talk about how do they figure it out together you know yeah. making that like that angry making that fight almost feel rehearsed and like a fun like talking like yeah like we're both angry at each other but we're having fun because we're in character doing it you know rather than actually being a little bit upset at each other or taking it personally in the moment you know i think is is one of the biggest lessons to learn that i've sure. learned this well, year i think a know? lot of us a lot of us aren't professional actors so this idea sometimes that we're in a character and we have these feelings and then trying to figure out where that line stops where we're not the character anymore and what we don't feel Mm. that towards this other character because other characters in that anymore they're my friend yeah and how to sort of trust each other that outside of that scene we're not those people Mm. and i'm not really mad at you about these things and that yeah we're we're not gonna we're not gonna let each other break the game that we're gonna like look after each other yeah all right folks it has been a bit of a shorter episode today still around 45 minutes thank you for listening to us ramble yes about something less clear-cut than why we like fighters why we hate sorcerers why we think that sorcerers are totally broken yeah they they break D D. Wow, yeah. Why <laughs> why the new rules of X of an unearthed arcana is, is so broken. broken and will never work and no. Yeah, I we, we do say these that... we do say these things all the time. I think a lot of people throw these this term around, but when you stop and really ask yourself 
what does broken mean? That we start to realize that maybe it isn't as broken. There's as nothing's it is. nothing's unplayable until two people can't sit at a table and play together. Yeah, I mean, is is a like the clockwork soul really unplayable? It's a source of really unplayable to a point where if anyone were to choose to play it i'd say no you are banned from my table you know <laughs> like no we'll talk to about how to make like and why i feel it's not powerful enough what we can do to make them feel and more if powerful. you get out there and you get to meet some like really experienced cool D players you'll see that the people who've been doing this for a long time can play the most impossible characters and yeah. and have such an amazing time with them uh, allowing everybody to have an amazing time with them so yeah there's nothing there's nothing that uh, a good player and a good DM can teach you about the game. Yeah, you know? like the, you you can overcome anything that's supposedly broken. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks so much for joining us this week, talking a little bit about why D&D isn't as breakable as you may think. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye.